0: Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to this episode of the Team Success Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about growing pains. I had a great conversation with one of my colleagues yesterday who was relating a story about one of our clients who's recently gone from five to 15 people and was finding it a little challenging. And I can think of other stories where our clients have gone from 60 to 200 people and then to even larger. And it made me think of when our company was really small. When I first started working with Dan and Babs and strategic coach in 1991, I was the sixth person on the team and then we had a seventh person and we were seven people for two years. We called ourselves a group of seven. We weren't really sure how much bigger we were going to get All of us knew everything. We knew all the clients. We knew all the conversations. We were pretty much in one large room, except for one person who actually was a little bit louder. So she was in a special office with triple drywall, and that helped a little bit. But we all knew everything that was going on. We were one big, pretty much happy family. Very intimate, very close. We'd all go out to meals together. We knew everything because it was very close quarters. Literally, we were in a very small office for a while. However, we started to get more successful, and we started to grow, and we started adding more people to the team. So we went to 12, and then we went to 18, and then we got to 21, and I remember having this conversation with my colleague, this would have been about three or four years in, saying to him, I said, you know, I think we're getting too big. I think I might have to leave. Now, people who know me think this is probably the silliest and stupidest thing they've ever heard. Thank goodness I did not. (laughs) My life would probably be very different right now, but I did not know how to handle that change. And here's why communication had shifted dramatically. In the old days, we were all in one small location. If you've ever heard the expression more is caught than taught, we caught everything. And that's how I learned. I didn't know any other way to be perfectly honest. New people were coming in, we had offices, we had doors that we could close. That was pretty spectacular. We had meetings. We were even on different floors in our building. So all of a sudden that closeness and that connection and knowing what's going on had changed dramatically. Not only that, other people were coming in and doing some of the things that we used to do. We weren't really sure if we liked that idea very much. It felt a little bit like competition and maybe they were doing it better. And then what were we going to do? And it was really interesting to take a look at that mindset. So I immediately, of course, started thinking about growing pains and what happens. So there is a potential downside of growth, and that's what I wanted to talk about. And then also, how do you handle it? What can you do proactively to make sure that your team and your success and your well-being in terms of growing your company happens easily without some of that pain. If you know about it in advance, there are things that you can do. Now, I can't promise that growth will be painless. That's certainly not within my control and probably not within yours. However, I can definitely give you a heads up about some of the things to look out for and some strategies that we know work because we did, in fact, implement them eventually. Hopefully, you'll be a little bit faster. One of the things that can happen as companies are growing is that people can end up being isolated. There are some folks, perhaps on your team right now, that do a very specialized activity. And because it was a smaller team, people knew what he or she was up to. But as the team gets bigger and you get busier and other leaders get busier in the organization, that person can actually end up becoming more and more isolated. And it's really critical that you know how they're doing, are they happy, are they still fully engaged with their work, do they know that what they do actually matters, because that person can end up being alone. And sometimes even the owner of the company can end up feeling isolated. They can end up feeling detached from the growth of their company. I can't tell you how many stories I've read. The one that comes to mind at the moment is Tony Shea when he started his very first company, which is an internet advertising company. And he ended up walking into a company one day and going, I don't want to be here. I don't know the people. I don't like them very much. I don't like the company culture. And that was a huge impetus for him to sell that organization, create the venture capital fund, which later turned into Zappos, which he is CEO of, that did the big marriage with Amazon. So even people at the very, very top of a company can end up being isolated. So that's a very real danger. The other thing that I just talked about was that people can get very protectionistic over their jobs, over their role, over their clients. Those are mine. You can't have that stuff. You can't have those people. You can't have that territory. So people really end up with a sense of scarcity rather than abundance. They don't see that as we grow bigger, there's more and more opportunity, not less and less. So that's one of the big issues that comes up. The other thing as you're growing really, really fast, especially, obviously, if it's driven by market growth or market factors or high levels of sales, is people get overwhelmed. They're not sleeping they're not eating, they're not rested, they're not taking their vitamins, <laughs> they get sick. Or they just get overwhelmed with doing types of activities that, frankly, they may not have the skills for, they may not have the striving instincts for. So they're just trying to do everything all the time, and people really do get burnt out. As things get handed off to new employees, then sometimes people perceive a loss of status. Oh, that used to be mine. It goes along with that protectionistic way of thinking. But now, do I matter? Am I as important If I'm not someone who is a leader, but I'm a specialist, do I still count in that status of the company? And the interesting thing I've seen a lot of is what people really are protective over is their communication and their relationship with the original leaders of the company. Because often what happens is you'll have someone who's very talented at a very specialized area, so they're a specialist, and they used to be able to talk to the owner or the team leader, whoever it was, all the time. Well, now, because that person is really busy, they have less and less Access. They don't have as much time. There's not as much room on the calendar. In the scope of things, they are a smaller component of the bigger whole. People get very, very hurt sometimes by perceiving that they're not as important, when in fact is they're just as important as they always were, but it's not represented with face time if you think about it that way. It also can feel a little bit less like a family. In a very intimate, small, close environment, you know everything about everyone, for good or for ill. (laughs) Sometimes you know more than you want to. But it really has that family feeling. So how do you keep that community focus going? How do you keep that feeling alive is another great question. Now, the other thing that can happen, and this is to go along with community, has to do with culture. And this is a very real danger. It's probably why I'm so passionate about this. And that is... That the culture, at least when you're really small, is, first of all, externally obvious because you're with these people 8, 10, 12 hours a day. But as new people come in, they come in with other background experiences, other mindsets, other points of view on the world, often which will hopefully add to your company culture, but sometimes it will subtract. Or you may just assume that they'll kind of get your culture, but you never talk about it. So they don't, or they do something that seems kind of counterculture and like, "Mm, how do we feel about that? That's one of the big issues that people, I think, don't take a lot of time on to focus on, especially as you're going, which makes sense. And also there are new structures coming into place. With entrepreneurial companies, it is loose. It is fast. You're making it up as you go. Been there, done that, got five t-shirts. All of a sudden, as you get bigger, more structures come into place, more quote-unquote, rules happen. People have to abide by those rules. Hmm. Not used to playing by the rules. Used to making them up for myself. <laughs> so that's a whole different mindset. How does that work? And that involves a shift in thinking, which I have to tell you, personally, has not been easy sometimes. Even when I think it's a good rule that I made up. Do I want to live by it? Depends on the day. <laughs> Depends on the rule. So that's an issue. Again, hopefully you have a sense of humor about this as I try to, but it's a very valid issue. Things do require more structure. Now, I'm a huge fan of flexible structure that is adaptive and that keeps pace. I am completely opposed to rigid structures that bind people's creativity and prevent them from being fully engaged. When I talk about structures and systems, I'm talking about intelligent, flexible systems that work, that facilitate growth, that facilitate creativity and teamwork. Don't prevent it. Do not think that I am talking about bureaucracy when I am talking about systems. Those are some of the dangers or those are some of the growing pains that you can feel. And I'm not even getting into ones like lack of cash flow because that's another very obvious growing pain. Please talk to your finance people or your bank about that. But what are the things that you can do to really keep the team part of this happy? What is it that you can do to mitigate those growing pains and actually have people embrace change and bring it on and, as I said before, make it intelligent as opposed to just reactive? How can you have creative versus reactive responses to changes is what we're going to talk about. The first thing I've always found very important is for people to appreciate the fact that any type of growth requires going through some periods of fear, uncertainty, and discomfort. In fact, you're probably not growing if you don't feel those things. And I had a great coaching call with a client today. And when I say coaching, I coached him and he coached me on the value of paying attention to anxiety. And the fact that when you're uneasy about something, it's actually a clue. It's not something to power through. You don't need to use the brute force method. This is something you need to pay attention to because something's out of balance and there's a huge learning opportunity. So anytime we have fear, it's because we haven't done it before. We don't know what we're doing. There's a possibility of failing. Well, as I like to say, and strategic coach likes to say, you're either on the winning team or the learning team. Failure is just another thing to learn not to do and educates you as to what you can do better next time. So if we appreciate that growth requires fear, uncertainty, and discomfort, we can kind of make that normal. And then we'll get to another comfort zone, and then we'll probably get bored with that. And then guess what? To get to our next level of growth, we'll have to go through fear, uncertainty, and discomfort. And often just naming it and identifying that as part of growing and part of a growth stage is very useful for people. Then they don't get freaked out about being afraid, because otherwise they do. (laughs) Just let them know that that's normal, and that's a natural part of growth. We all get stronger by things that test us. Now... The other thing that can really help people shift their thinking is to make sure that they are really aligned and focused on a compelling vision. None of us will change our habits unless we have a very good reason to. We don't change our mindsets unless we have a very good reason to. So what is appealing to us from a head perspective, from a heart perspective? What impact are we having? What difference does it make? Why are we putting ourselves through this? So really being clear on what you're doing and the impact that it has, your why, to use Simon Sinek's term, start with why and don't just assume that people know it yes it may have been very intrinsic when you were smaller but please make it extrinsic as you get bigger it's one of the hallmarks of engaged organization is that the vision is crystal clear to everyone from the top to the so-called bottom or front of the organization so being really really clear and articulated and to keep upgrading it if you need to figure out your why why are you doing what you do every day If you can't articulate that after this podcast, stop and go and figure that out because it's really important to communicate. And don't take it for granted that everyone knows it. And if they're not aligned with it, find out why. Find out what part of it they're not aligned with. See if there's something they can do or if they can't be aligned with it, maybe it's not the best organization for them to be a part of. Maybe they need to find somewhere where they can be more aligned. So that's really, really key. The other thing for people to appreciate is that, yes, there may be a loss of certain activities, which they might perceive as being a loss of status, but really, that allows people to specialize. If I go back to my own experience, I used to do a lot of different things. I had a team under me, five people, so I got to specialize a little bit even then. I hired them. They came on my payroll. But the bigger strategic coach got and the more focused I got on what I love to do and with whom and the difference in the impact I could have with people, the more specialized I got. The fewer activities I actually do. I do far fewer activities today than I did 20 years ago, for example. And I love it. And guess what? I think I'm a lot better at these few activities than I was at all of those other activities put together. And we call that unique ability. So when you are able to do what you're best at and most love to do for your right audience... That is the sweet spot. That is super, super fun. And that opportunity is available for every single person in your organization as you get bigger. They get to specialize, do more of the topics that interest them, and to pursue more of the ideas that really capture them, and operate at a higher level. The interesting thing about a lot of leadership that I meet in terms of my work is that they love solving problems. New, exciting, challenging problems. If they are still solving the problems today that they were solving 10 years ago, I have to tell you, you have a bored team leader on your hands. This could be you. You probably don't like solving exactly the same problems. You want to be challenged. You want to be learning. You want to be growing. So that's what growth allows us to do. And people can keep that in mind. And frankly, there will always be an abundance of challenges and problems to figure out. So if they just need to move to a higher level. Once you're able to specialize, it really frees you up from doing those things that you don't enjoy doing. And I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners all the time who think they have to do certain things. And we'll sit down and we'll strategize how they can get freed up and leveraged. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I have all this freedom I didn't used to have. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's what happens when you have a highly functioning team who's self-managing. They're doing what they love to do and you're doing what you love to do and you're creating great value for clients. This is the goal. This is what you've been working towards for so long. So a lot of these have-to-dos, frankly, just aren't true. Yes, please have communication systems, have your dashboards, don't abdicate. That's not what I'm talking about. Stay in communication. But we can be freed up so much from doing things that we really don't like to do and, frankly, that drain our energy and focus on the things that really do increase our energy and increase our value. The last tip I want to give you or the last strategy I want to give you is to really make sure that you really support people getting to know one another as your company gets bigger. Again, Zappos has a fabulous way of doing it. If you happen to look at their culture book, which is available to anyone who asks for it for free, I think you just have to pay the shipping, they have pictures of all of their company get-togethers. And there are crazy races, there are fundraisers, there are parties, there are office decorating parties. It's crazy. I mean, they have a very interesting, stimulating atmosphere, which is great for a customer service company. You may have a very, very different picture. But people getting together on different teams and learning what each other do is really, really important. Strategic Coach now has approximately 110 people in eight different time zones, and I've lost track of the number of countries that people live in. A lot. (laughs) Three main locations. England and Chicago and Toronto, but we have people spread out all over the place. And finding ways for people to connect personally, not just professionally, is really important. Learning what other people do. What is your job over there anyway? I kind of assume they're good people and I assume that they're doing a great job, but I don't actually know. And when I get to know them individually, it's like, oh, this is really cool. Have you ever thought about this? Or that's a great idea we could use over here. And we all start to connect those dots. So really build that sense of community, both by doing things as a team that are relevant to work. I think that's really powerful, even if it's wrapping presents for the holidays and having a wrapping party over lunch is great or having a pizza lunch just to hang out or orchestrating activities outside of work. But make sure you build your culture. Make sure that you keep people connected in their community. That's what will mitigate the growing pains. And when you have a great culture like that, guess what? They attract other new great team members who are already in line with what you're creating. If you create that kind of a culture that is open to growth, there's a sense of abundance, people are not hanging on to their jobs with a death grip because they're afraid of losing status, but they're like, oh, great, this needs doing. You think you can do a better job than I can, and if you help me over here, I can go over and do this. And that's a very open culture. People know where the opportunities are coming from. And since finding great people is always, I'm not going to say it's a challenge, but it also can be because you're looking probably for a very precise type of person, you will start attracting them and your current team will start saying, hey, you need to work here. You're No, you're not invited. And they'll start doing some of that picking and choosing for you. So I am super keen, as you can tell, on having people not have to experience some of the pain that we did. And I have to tell you now, I have a total sense of abundance. I can't wait to meet our new team members. I'm always excited when someone brings in some new, fresh energy and excitement and enthusiasm to work with Strategic Coach. I know the type of community and culture that we have. I also know it can always be better. And I'm always looking for how do we leverage that? How can we tap into people's already existing capabilities to do it? So I know from my I'm going to say, frankly, small-minded mindset. Back when we were growing, I thought, oh, we're just getting too big. Now I can't wait till we're bigger. I am looking forward to it. We're doing more with less. We're very efficient and strategic. But the more people that come on board, the more value that we can create. So I'm really excited by that. And when you can have growth be exciting rather than painful, I think that's the whole point. So I hope you're excited and inspired about your own growth. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, here's to your team success.